What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here. Welcome to Rad Parenting, sitting across from my co-host. Anaya Bogue. Yes, we've got a guest today, Anaya. We do. I feel like it's been forever. It has been. Before I introduce our guest, a little bit of business. Uh, I want to thank everyone for all the iTunes reviews. Keep them coming. And um, I'm going to just throw it out there. Had a conversation with um, someone like super important at iTunes. Nice. And they're considering us for the slide, like the photo of you and I across the front of the iTunes uh, US front page, which got to give a shout out to everyone in the UK over there that's drinking a pint right now, probably. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rad Parenting. We yeah. got on the front page over there and all of a sudden we have like close to 2,000 people in the UK that are into the show. We've been getting emails from you and uh, you know that blows our mind mm-hmm. because we're in a garage in Glendale, California. <laughs> You know, I always say to Anaya, you know, you've, you know, you, you set the bar so high and then you end up with Joseph in a garage in Glendale, California. Keeping it real. I never think of it as a garage, Joe. You've I, done such a great job I, I of transforming job it into our studio. Yes. Yeah. So keep those reviews coming because the reason they're considering us for these great opportunities is because of you, the Rad Parenting community, with all of the great things you have to say about us. Uh, and you can go to iTunes and write those reviews. Also, uh, hit us an email, radparenting at gmail.com. With all of that said, I want to welcome our guest. I'm going to set up really nice. Um, I met him. Coach- That's always good because otherwise you might get up and walk out. We've had it happen before. <laughs> Remember when the, the one? No. no I don't. All right. So, how I met this man sitting across from us, uh, my son uh, has played baseball in uh, Glendale for or Eagle Rock or wherever it is, Silver Lake. For Where the are t- we? We're in Silver Lake near it. He played baseball in Silver Lake for like seven years, and I did the assistant coach, which was just like, you know, the guy, hey, don't swing the bat and hit your friend in the head. That was my gig. And at a certain point, I realized, okay, my baseball uh, knowledge has, it, there isn't enough anymore. And then uh, Nate got on a new team, mm-hmm. and he had these two great coaches, and one of the coaches was my friend, Brian Ewing, our guest. But Irwin. we're in Los Irwin. Angeles. Irwin, did I spell it wrong? You Ewinged it. Did I do it? That's okay. I've been called Earwig. I've been called Guy. Oh, oh. I respond to anything. Okay. There you go. So, so Brian was um, the baseball coach of Nate. We hit it off. I met his wife uh, while well, we were at one of the practices. And she said, hey, you're a comedian, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And then she brought up Brian. <laughs> and him and I started talking. And we just started c- commiserating over late spots. And do you ever work here? And then, But it, was, it felt bad. I felt bad because... I was always interrupting him when he was coaching the kids for for him to tell me another great you know story from the comedy store or you know opening for this comic or opening for this comic and I was like we just hit it off season ended we actually became friends he came and hung out here in the Rad Parenting Studio right after we finished building it and you know we talked comedy gave me a lot of great advice when I found out I was opening for Jim Brewer I was I called him dude, I'm opening for this huge comic. What do I do? You know, and he's like, all right, this is what you do. Nice. And it was just great. And what I love about it is on top of all that, he wrote and produced the movie Fixed. Uh, it's going to be coming out literally tomorrow because this podcast will air on Monday. Uh, their movie ah. is going to be out. Now, and I'll let you explain where they can see it and everything. But it's a great film. Um, it's about, uh, I'm going to let Brian explain it, but it's about parenting, about how your life changes with kids. Um, I know it's loosely based on your life. I think the whole story came about because of your comedy career and everything going on. So with all of that said, welcome to the show, Brian Earring. <laughs> Did I screw it up? It's it's Irwin. Irwin. It's pretty, so, it's pretty so, straightforward. So we're, Let's we're, say it one more time. Brian Irwin. Irwin. So our relationship is buffering right now. You just hadn't gotten all the way. You got the first name right. Yeah. It's okay. 
because um, it doesn't matter. Most people only ever call each other. You, you know, what's funny is some kids that I coach call me by my last name, which I used to do in high school. That's when, when you're super cool, yeah. you call each other by last name. That was like when you know people are tight, right? But adults, we almost never use each other's last names. There's no need for it whatsoever. Yeah. Are you I, sure you're not Canadian, Brian? Because you so let him off the hook there in such a nice you know, way. I can I be honest to you why? Yeah. Because and this is I have um, because I'm an exhausted parent, like many of us are. I forget sometimes just people's names. And it's not because I don't love them. It's right. not because I don't care about them. It's because I'm just so exhausted. Like I think my brain just gives up on me sometimes, and then it just comes back around. And, and I you get know it what? Right. That's why it's like. And I'm also at a point in my life where it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm still here. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, I got to say this, though. I think Brian also knows this, and our listeners know this. Like, they, People that are listening to the show, if you haven't listened to the show, you're like, why can't the, the host get the other guy's name right? But the people that know the show go, the host can't spell his last name. <laughs> like, My last name isn't Sib. It's Subiondo. I just couldn't spell it in second grade. See? And that's, you know, so everyone goes, okay, we're going to give him a pass. <laughs> so if I can't pronounce my own last name or spell it, then people don't expect me to know theirs. And that's the way they're, he's lucky I didn't say, hey, dude, bro, what's up? Because that's, I call yeah, it that because that's I don't know standard. anyone's name. And it's you know what? Now, um, if he had just gotten it right the first time, it would all have been forgettable. We've had a long conversation about my name. Oh my so gosh! Actually, in its own weird way, it's more beneficial. There you go. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Brian Irwin. <laughs> there we go. You know, what? I'm going to point. The women to you. always get it right. Yeah. I will point to you. All right. So for our listeners right now, we haven't had a guest in a while, and we're kind of messing up. <laughs> Which so. I appreciate, by the way. Thank you guys so much for allowing me in here. To oh my gosh, our pleasure. Well, let's talk about I'm the excited about this. of the film and everything. Yeah. I know Anaya had already a list of questions. Yeah, I I'm gonna do. I'm going to shut up because our listeners will be stoked on that. Anaya, take it from here. I Go. do. Well, I think that you know, for some people, you know, anybody who lives or knows enough about Los, Los Angeles, in mm -hmm. some ways, it's like this is sort of the quintessential, you know, yeah, like baseball coach, but also professional comedian, written. Now this movie that's coming out, you Father. know, who, uh, yeah, and 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 you know, getting parenthood in there, which is never anybody who's listening knows, is not something you just sort of dip in and dip out with. So, I am amazed and impressed, um, and I think that there's a whole bunch of little through lines here, really, about what it means to be a parent and face some of the stuff. So let's start with like talking about sort of the the, the plot of the movie, maybe, and how your life has informed that, and then off of that, we can talk about some of the things that directly relate to parenting. Absolutely. I mean, the movie, as we said earlier, it is, it is called Fixed, uh, and uh, the best time, we, the way I've been saying it, it comes out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> And so the way we've been promoting it, by the way, is just saying, let's be honest, uh, if you're married and have kids, you're not going out. So just rent the movie, yeah. <laughs> enjoy nice. it. It's a great relationship movie. And you know, Fixed, what it really is about, and, and we'll go backwards on this, because this is what I had to learn. Growing up and getting married, being putting on my big boy pants, my daddy pants, you know, and being a parent is that life is ugly. And f raising families and relationships are ugly. You have to learn to embrace it and love it and stop putting it on such a high pedestal because there's it, once you do that, everything else kind of settles down and you can actually enjoy it. You can laugh at it. And in this movie specifically, there is a main character that just kind of wakes up one day and is overwhelmed by life. And he hadn't quite hit that point yet. It wasn't until the car starts breaking down and there's discussions of, you should get a minivan. We have three kids. Hey, you know what? Um, we should keep having sex, but what do you think about a vasectomy? And all of a sudden, everything that a man thought a man was 
in his world is like, whoa, 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 minivans all of a sudden, vasectomies all of a sudden. <laughs> and, and, and it's just like, you know, your world just starts turning upside down because it, it almost, and I know this sounds completely irrational, but it is irrational because we're men and we, it takes us a long time for us to grow up. We see everything as the beginning of the end. Mm. And so in this movie, it is about um, seeing some sort of weird impending doom and having an early midlife crisis. And with all men, you go to your other men friends for support and they give you the worst advice possible. Um, and what you'll, and, and so that's kind of really what this movie is about. It's, it's about his journey trying to figure out what his life is and what I, what we made sure of, cause this is true in my own life. We made sure that the only voice of reason, the only well thought out people, the only educated people that had their lives together in a relationship were the women and the mothers in this film. And they have some great grandstanding moments in this film. Nice. Yeah. I'm, ver- I'm very excited Even in the that. trailer, it really, when, when you sent it to me a while back, like I watched the trailer and I was like, wow, like this, this is hitting on so many different marks that even in my own life or even on this show that Anaya and I talk about, and I know that when Anaya watched the, the trailer, you got like real laughs going out there, especially like just the conversations between the women with the men in the trailer were so on point. Um, you said something when you sat down earlier, right before I hit the tape to go, that there were so many steps that you took in your life that got you to where you are now yeah. with this movie being completed, uh, producing it, writing it, it actually being made, which is amazing in this town that it's so rare that actually happens. And th- that you said, gosh, looking back on it, all these steps that I thought I was taking that weren't leading anywhere led me to where you are now. Can you go a little bit into that? Yeah, well, you had made a point, like when you first started talking to me, which is funny that you picked up on my exhaustion of like the, the industry side of it because oh, as, yeah. as you a were comedian- fully exhausted. I almost got the feeling that if I wasn't as nice as I am and your wife hadn't introduced <laughs> us, you would have been like, hey, bro, no offense, it's baseball time, take your jokes. Put them in your brain. Nah, no. No, no, but I mean, Brian, Brian Earwig would have done that, but Brian Irwin, no. he would have been fine with that. And Brian Irwin's fine with that. No, you picked up on the thing that I battled with early on. It's like, I moved, look, I'm from Wisconsin. Nobody says, you know what? I, I want to start a family. I think I should move to Hollywood. Like, no one leaves Wisconsin yes. to move to Hollywood to start a family, right? Yeah. So, but this is the, the dilemma that I had found myself in. And I genuinely mean it when I say dilemma. Like, I, got, I found somebody that I fell in love with and I got married and we started having kids. And these are the natural processes you don't think about. At what point will this come in conflict with what you came out here for? And so that was what you see sometimes in my face, is that conflict. Comedy is a late night gig, yeah. okay? Child-rearing is an early morning gig. Those, that already, just that yep. alone yep. is Directly opposed. There's Comics <laughs> are very selfish people. Children are very selfish people. So I found myself early on in the relationship as a primary caregiver. I had a job at the time. Um, and uh, I tried to keep the job. I used to be a stage manager and uh, for films, and I tried to keep. It. I remember my boss who had already had kids. He goes, "Really? You sure?" Like I was because I was good at the job. He wasn't going to just kick me out. He was like, "You really want to do that?" And I go, "I can do both at the same time." He goes, "Okay," mm. <laughs> and like that that okay should have told me everything uh-huh. I ever knew. Because four months later, I quit. Yeah. To stay home and raise because my kids. we because we can't know until we're doing it. Like you let's don't just know. say you we don't. we don't. There's no telling somebody what it's like to be a parent. You have to you have to be in it, and then all of a sudden the pieces yeah. fall into place. Yeah. I, and you can't read the books. The books are going to tell you nothing about your life. Yeah. It, it, I know that there's a lot of books out there that are are decent guides, but personal experience is going to be the best thing. And failure is always going to be the one that's going to teach teacher. you the most, right? Yep. 
Okay, so four months in, you, you four months into having kids, yeah. or what? Your first, so you got they're twelve and I, nine, yeah, twelve right and now? nine. So okay. my initial struggle was with my uh, was with my youngest, and honestly, again, going back to it, I was mad. I was mad at the fact that I felt like I couldn't do stand up anymore. I couldn't live my life. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. I couldn't sleep. You know, all the traditional yes. stuff that any parent have. And I'm a man. I was selfish. And it affected my relationship with my wife. We were not seeing eye to eye on stuff. And then a couple years go by, we buy a house. We see, you know, the life keeps evolving. Yep. No, it doesn't yep. matter. It keeps evolving. Yeah, baseball practice still baseball. is going to happen. And we ended up having that second kid. And I just felt like, because I had just gotten over the hump. My other kid was about to turn three. And I was like, oh, he's going to go to preschool. Yep. So I would have some time back in my life. Uh, you know, being the primary caregiver, I was willing to accept that responsibility, which is a little bit weird being a dude in Los Angeles. I was basically an Iowa soccer mom. You know, you yeah. know, in Los Angeles, <laughs> yes. right? It was, it was a weird world to fit into because most women don't. Can I trust ask you dudes. one question? I gotta, I gotta say, yeah. for our for our dads that are listening right now, that are the primary caregiver in the household right now, can you share just in LA or just in general some of the the looks you would get or some of the you know you must have you must have stories from that when you're showing up at the park at you know 10 a.m. with your three year old and they're like. Wait, are day off for you, Dad? Or yeah, I mean, there was a lot of. Have day you abducted off, this yeah. child? Yeah, there was a lot of. You know, I my son was twelve, so I was actually right on the cusp before they really started promoting the stay-at-home dad. I was I was early in in that game, so I was seen initially as one of three things: one, oh, you must have lost your job; you're mm-hmm. fired, so you're reluctantly doing this. Oh, you have the day off; you're incompetent; and you're a moron, and so. Just keep stay over there because I'm sure you got you you packed a bunch of knives in your kid's backpack. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, three was like, stay away from me. You're only here to hit on us. Yeah. You must be single dad that's trying to you know scope out you know where where I can find a new mommy. Right. And so you felt like this this invisible wall, and it was very isolating and very lonely until I met my first man dad. And and we it was really weird. It was like high school all over again. You kind of slowly start moving next to each other, right? And you're like, hey man, what's going on? Because you're not quite sure, like, if he's into it, like, you know, you don't know what his agenda yeah. is. And then eventually we just scheduled a mandate and, uh, you know, a daddy date, and we just started hanging out. And I was so glad to finally find somebody. Yes. And again, I want to be very clear. Um, that was the early days. By the time I hit preschool, I actually was, like, straight on, just like Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom. Like, the women embrace you differently because at that point, we're all in this together and the culture changes. But the early years, the baby and diaper stuff, man, I... So lonely going to the park. Dude, you're like an indie struggle. band. You're like you're like you're like you're like Nirvana <laughs> the before they get signed. You were just playing gigs, and it's not happening, and <laughs> yes. no one's really coming to see you. And then yeah. all of a sudden, teen, smells like Teen Spirit comes out, <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone's into being a dad, and it's okay, and people are welcoming now. That's yeah, a, wow. Although but, although let's let's be let's be fair here for dads that are listening, because I think that the fact is we still do a lot oh, of, of that shaming and like putting men into this box as we put women into their box and say, totally. you know, if you're a dad or if you're a man, you're supposed to be the one that's out there making money. You're not. You're going to be an inferior parent. Blah blah blah. And I think it's important that one of my we best stop friends, doing yeah, that. One of my to best friends that listens to the show, he's probably listening right now. He says, uh, although you know, he's raised both his kids. That's what he's done. But his his uh, his family still. You know, we'll give him stink eye. Like, mm-hmm. oh, so you're doing that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing that. Right. Yeah, and I enjoy it. I love it. I love what I'm doing. I feel I'm grateful that I that we're able to do it that way. So yeah, I totally agree with you. The dad shaming still, and, still and it's is gotta out stop. There. All right. Okay. 
No, I, I, but you have to, yeah, I, I will say though, in all fairness, again, because I was so early on the curve, you do still need to earn it. I mm -hmm. mean, I have the utmost respect for the role that women have been taking for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Just because all of a sudden I decide I want to do it doesn't mean that I'm better than what women have been doing for, for generations on, on top. Yeah. So, but it, but you can't help but to each be pissy at each other at first because, like, you know, there is a level of arrogance, right? There's the male arrogance. There's the female arrogance. But eventually, like I said, it all works itself out. I think now culture has changed quite a bit. I think there's a little bit more of an understanding that it's okay for the woman to go to work mm -hmm. and the man to stay home and raise yes. the kids. Yep. A, I think it's in that 12 years that arc has completely changed. But I, I, I will say that it was it was kind of nice that I, that, I, that I worked through that part of it, which had absolutely nothing to do with my wife, and being able to get to preschool. But it was at preschool, by the time I got into preschool, where I think um, go, talking about how life changes and starts turning into the movie, which was one day I'll never forget just kind of standing in the middle of that preschool and I've got one little booger dropper over here, and then my other kids like kind of running around. And you ever seen Alfred Hitchcock movies where like they it's it's a technique they use where they zoom the, they they push the camera in and they're zooming at the same time and it flattens your perspective, like it just it, it makes you it creates anxiety. Uh -huh. That was my moment. That was fixed for me. All of a sudden, this huge rush had come over me because my wife had been talking. We've been having this ongoing dialogue after our second child because we had some complications about getting vasectomy. I was already driving a minivan. I had been ridiculously mocked by my comedian friends, by other parents, other dads <laughs> that didn't have minivans. Like, basically, you're giving up. And I just had that moment, like, like the talking heads. Like, how did I get here? Like, what? It was the weirdest feeling. I felt like I had completely lost my place in the world. And that was it. That was the moment in my head of mm -hmm. like, I'm fixed. You know, I'm, I'm moving in a direction. Yes. And I can't stop it. Ah, like that was okay. the thing. I okay. can't stop this. Yes. Like you've gotten on a train. You didn't necessarily fully understand what Full, you were, what you were getting on, uh, what class of service, how long the ride was going to be, and uh, and and all of a sudden you had a reality. There's moment. no going back. Right. Okay. Right? Wow. That's a weird moment. And yeah. I'm not going back anymore. Wow. With that said, that's a perfect spot for a break. We're going to hear from our sponsor when we come back. We're going to hear more with the writer and producer of Fix, Brian Irwin. Yes. <laughs> I'll always get it right. Welcome back to Rad Parenting. Joe Sib here sitting across from my co-host, Anaya Bogue. We are talking about the movie, uh, the film Fixed. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast uh, right now, it is it is available, I got to say, because I know Valentine's Day, it comes out. So for our listeners, where can they go and see this film that we're talking about? Right. Obviously, most people, just like the podcast, iTunes seems to be controlling our world. So iTunes, Amazon Prime, or just Amazon in general, you can get Amazon. It is on every across-the-board format. It is not a theatrical release because, let's be honest, again, we're parents. No parents go to movies anymore because no. it costs $400 just to get out of the house. <laughs> yes. So this is, this is primarily, I mean, anybody should watch it, especially if you want to learn what your life is going to become and you haven't had kids yet because 80% <laughs> plus of all human beings eventually breed. So you can live in denial all you want, but you're having kids in an accident. That's another story. But <laughs> that being said, um, it is on all platforms. The only thing it's not on is I guess, the theaters, and it's not at Netflix. Netflix is obviously the last landing place. Netflix is our new blockbuster. What right? I'd like so oh, that, it wow. ends up there last. Okay, what cool. I'd like to say, Brian, is what, what Anae and I'd like to say, too, is for our listeners, this could be your Valentine's Day uh, night out, but you just do it in your living room. And yeah. I think this will be a good film for you to check out. Um, where we left off right before the break, 
you had that moment on mm-hmm. the, on a playground where and I loved how you described it that Alfred Hitchcock because I totally know that film technique you're talking about where it goes dolly flat in and, zoom out and it just creates that anxiety very twilight zony yeah right. how did I get on this train exactly. and and can I really get off if I want to or is no. this just in the answers no right because I mean you that, can and destroy everyone's lives around right her. <laughs> no but you know I remember when I had my first daughter like having this moment of. Okay, if a marriage goes wrong, I could get a divorce, but like this kid is forever. Like to my last dying breath, even once she's an adult, I, I'm in this. Like, and, and the first one was, you know, in case anybody didn't know this, was not a, you know, oh, oh I think it's time for me to have a child. I'm going to get pregnant. It was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. What do I do? Uh, so, so anyway, okay. So, so take us from there because we're, we're talking about what the, the, the steps in your life that, and especially this moment of like, oh my gosh, like this is not what I thought it was going to be and now how do I get out of this how did this lead to where we are now and you making this movie absolutely and the moment you described like we said that Alfred Hitchcock moment I guarantee someone that listening to this podcast right now had that about 15 minutes ago or or will have it in the next couple days so pick up from right there well it's funny so we were having this conversation off air and I'm glad I remembered it because that same preschool which by the way that preschool comes and goes in my life and has always Camelot Kids Preschool. I want to be very oh, clear about Camelot, that. Yeah. The, everything that's happened in my life is because of those years. This movie is a part of Camelot. I mean, literally wow. everything happened from there. That's why that place is so unique and special to me in my life. Yeah. You know, we all have these things in our life where we're like, that's going to be an important moment. Yes. Like, the, I'm so glad I went there because yep. everything changed. But going back to what we talked about earlier, you brought, you kind of touched on it. Th- at, when I was at preschool, after I had that anxiety attack, I would say sometime during that tenure was when I was talking to someone who was getting out of the business. This was the person that was at the time was running Camelot and she had been in the kid business for a long time and she was working at an elementary school. And I was like, ah, I'm so sad to hear that you're leaving. And she's like, I am done. And I said, are you, what are you mad about? I go, are you mad at, at like the staff? She's like, no. She's like, I'm mad at parents. I am done with this system. She goes, you have no idea what you're about to embark on. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I came from elementary school. She goes, do you know how many parents cheat on each other and get divorced and how many marriages crumble during the elementary school years? And I'm like, what? Why would it be? What about I just don't, wait, there's more? It gets worse? What are you talking about? And she like scared the bejeebers out of me, man, when she, when she said that. And she was just like, it is a messy world out there, man, and you better be ready for it. But as much as she scared me, I'm so glad she said that to me because it gave me perspective of like, again, deal with it. Life is messy. Don't just go to the easiest thing, which is have sex with another mom or another dad or immediately get divorced because you guys can't agree on a pair of tennis shoes for your child. It's like work through it. Embrace the struggle and know that there's a greener pasture beyond. So like that was all that stuff that kind of came about. You know, that was another learning. Yeah. Experience. I, lo- I love that attitude. That's that's totally the attitude I have. Like you're I just, not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I know you're not. I, yeah, I know. You know, but I I I, I agree with you so much because as we sit in this room, we could go through the list of friends that that did get divorced, and it was all those reasons you just mentioned. Like, and you can't ever go back and say, "Gosh, we did we really get divorced over the fact that we couldn't agree on what Netflix shows?" And I felt you were so different than me because you were a King of Thrones person or Game of Thrones. See, I don't even know. Well, you know, I've never watched the show, but I know people dig it. So you know what? No, but there's people like, yes. we're going in different directions. You only want to watch sports, and I want to watch documentaries. Yeah. We'll go upstairs. Yeah, and fun. You know, <laughs> I'll that's see you what, later. That's what we do in our house. But you're so right. You really start, and we've talked about it on the show. 
you know what you're really saying that I keep hitting is that expectation. I feel like we come into marriage and having kids with these expectations. And I was raised in, you know, the Brady Bunch era. Like, yeah, everyone's stoked on each other. We don't fight. And that's not real life. And I no. think sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow. And it feels like with Fixed, you're right in a modern day version of all of this. And then the, what this woman said to you at the school is so on point. You know, I'm getting off the ship. You're just going into battle, bro. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Do you got your shield? No? Okay. But what But what about the peace? Because I think that part of what's really difficult for people when we become parents, is, and we've, I think we've done an episode on this, like when we lose ourselves, when we forget that we absolutely have made a commitment, we've brought this human being onto the planet and we need to have a parenting hat. But we, I, I personally, and everybody who's listening knows this, I really believe that part of the way that we show up for our kids in the best way possible is by finding the balance of continuing to make sure that our well-being is on point. So our our we're not just like shelving all of our dreams and aspirations and I'm just, you know, I'm going to make this sacrifice for 18 years because that is going to breed resentment that whether we speak it out loud or not to our kids or to our partner is going to be felt. So it sounds to me, I mean, knowing that you've, you know, done something extraordinary and and and, and that, let's be clear, like in Los Angeles it's absolutely extraordinary to, you know, have a film made, but I think anybody who's listening anywhere, you know, at once upon a time had an aspiration and said, this is what I want on my journey. And then as you said, life, you know, I fall in love. I have this longing to have kids, or this is what I feel like and I'm supposed to do. And then you have the Hitchcock do. moment. And then you have the Hitchcock <laughs> moment and you're like, whoa, like yeah. what happened to me? Where did, how did I lose myself in all this? So where it, did that play a part? Like I'm assuming that it did because this movie, you making this movie in some way feels like it's a connection to you know, Brian being Brian and doing his thing in the world that's been informed by Brian as a parent, but that it still exists, you know, on, on its own um, as a reflection of who you are as an individual. Yeah. First off, I want to be very clear about something. Mm -hmm. You are exactly what the females are in this film. <laughs> oh. No, because it's just well-rounded <laughs> and it's well thought out. And, you know, there, there's a great moment yeah, in the, in a... the, there's a great moment in the movie where basically... The wife of uh, uh, Maria, the, the, uh, uh, the wife of the main character, Alan, who's going through all this, you know, she basically pulls him aside. He's like, look, man, he had this incident in, in the movie where he has problems. He's in a chicken suit. And he's trying to entertain kids, and it's not going well. And he kind of has an episode. <laughs> and she says to him, and all genuine, is like, look, man, you're, you're not the guy in the chicken suit. Like, you, you, you've lost your identity. And she's the one that's like, Go find, go find it. Don't completely get like life is not about giving up. And 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 there's it, that part of that movie. Um, it, it, again, this is a movie, so this is not a documentary in my life. There's a lot, and I want to be very clear about that because there's some stuff in there that I don't want to be able to, like, you did that. No, I did not. <laughs> it is a movie. But that part of the movie was very personal to me because that was um, a moment where my wife rose to the occasion because she saw the struggle I was having, of basically feeling like I'm giving up. I'm, I'm just, this, this, this whole thing sucks. I, did, I had no idea that having kids was going to be this and that I had to sacrifice everything for them and they give nothing back. And mm -hmm. my wife was like, dude, it's okay. No one said you had to give up. No one says you can't keep doing those things. If, you, if that's what you want to do, figure it out. But stop complaining about mm -hmm. it. Just go figure it out. My wife was like this beautiful voice of reason after all this conflict that we had had, which is mostly due to me just being ignorant, she kind of stepped up and was like, look, man, you don't have to give up. Nobody's ever asked you. The kids, I, nobody. This is life. Now you need to figure it out. 
And that was the, the beauty of her doing that for me um, was the fact that I did. And, and what I mean by that is that this movie, my stand-up, everything that, I, everything that I've ever written, everything that I did, I embraced who I had become. I embraced my life and it changed my life forever. I only got a movie made because I had a family. And I have, to, I have to accept that. I have to look at it and go, oh, I landed right where I was supposed to land. Kicking and screaming the whole way. Kicking and screaming the whole way. But it's like sometimes you need to get punched in the side of the head to be like, wake up, man. Yeah. yeah. Don't you see this? And like yeah. I was telling you about you know, that preschool, Camelot, yeah. was that the woman that ran it, like she saw something in me and she encouraged me. She was constantly like, you know, you should meet this guy and this guy and this guy. And that's how I met the director, Alonzo Mayo, I only know him because of Camelot, only wow. because wow. of Renee there put me together, you know, who, who've become, her, Renee and Livy, that family, we're like, we're as tight as ever could be. And it's like, it all makes sense. Like this it, family is so many layers, right? Yes. It took a family to make this movie. It's, it's really bizarre. And I'm not trying to be like that. Oh, whatever. This is a comedy. Just to be real clear. It's a comedy that, that lives in ugly. Um, it's very, it's a very grounded uh, comedy. It's not a slapsticky. It's, it's based on... If you're a parent, you'll laugh because you've been there, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. But it's it's all of that. Everything kind of clicks together, and, and it's I think once you kind of find that in your life, it becomes so much better. Man, I gotta say, Brian, I love your honesty. I don't think I don't think you could have put it into better words. Whenever I've said, it, 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 and Nana knows I say this all the time. I, I always want to quit doing this show, this parenting podcast. <laughs> it does. I I, I, I want to every I, other week, pretty much every other week. I didn't want to quit. We had a good two weeks the last two weeks here at the house, but. <laughs> But good two-week run. Good yeah, two-week run. No, we did. But, but what, I'm trying to, what I'm saying is, and, and I mean this so honestly, is that the way you just described the frustration, the anger, the I can't, why is this happening? I've had those, I had those moments so many times with Karen. And she, she was the same person that would just, I'm, I'm pulling the, 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 cha- the train brake. I'm trying to kick open the exit door at 10,000 feet. And saying I'm out of here, I can't, I can't pull this, and and that, and then it, it, everything that you described with, I don't know if it's, it, and it, ha- it happens to women, it happens to men, but it's just this, maybe it's just a, an overwhelming sense of responsibility. That's the thing that, like, I feel sometimes feels like a huge mm. blanket thrown over you, you know, and and like you said, you didn't move from Holly, you didn't move from Wisconsin to Hollywood to 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 do what you thought you were doing, but man. It, and not to get all like spiritual universe, uni, uni, uh, universe guy, but when you said that the film only got made because of your family and the woman at Camelot, and that I mean, wow! Yeah, like, sounds- I want everyone that's listening to the show right now to be like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm where I'm supposed to be. Because I think as parents, sometimes we ask ourselves. You know, you're laying there in bed. Am I really supposed to be here? Right. No, no, absolutely. And I do. I'm with you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'm really with you on the whole, like, the trusting piece of it. But it's not trust alone that got you here. So what I'm curious about is so, you know, you're. Lo- I don't know if in those moments you could be like, oh, I feel like this is a moment. Or if it's in hindsight, you're, you're looking back and going, wow, I didn't know it at the time. But I can see now that this movie got made because of all of these things that happened. But I think for me, the question is, and for our parents that are listening, who have whatever their aspiration is that they're feeling like, oh, I had to shelve that feeling yeah, pretty resentful, but I'm college. pushing through. This could be getting your PhD. Exactly. This could be starting a business. Whatever this could be it is. Doing so many things. How did you um, like pull yourself up and say, 
yeah, like I can, I can not like where this is and make a choice to both honor this commitment that I've made by bringing these two humans into this world with my partner who I've also made a commitment to. And I'm not just going to like give this up because this is an important part of who I am and and my showing up in the world. Like how, I think it's important to say that, that it's not just like you woke up one day and the movie was made. Like there, there had to have been choices in there in addition to the leaps of faith. Yeah, I got a vasectomy. You got a vasectomy, and that, that freed it. you up. <laughs> Actually, you know, it, it started a lot of dialogue, but which is which is that's the real crux of that whole movie. Is I'm joking. Is getting but that's, the vasectomy. It's all yeah. about the vasectomy, and, and but but no, I for to, in all fairness, um, aside from the movie, how did I get there? And we talk about you know um, never giving up on your dreams. What I had to learn how to do was to stop being at odds with my own life. Mm-hmm. And once I stopped being at odds with, honestly, once I embraced, I'm a two-time PTA president, so I've really embraced, and I coach every single one of my kids' sports teams. I am, I'm in. Wow. I'm in it to win it at this point. Got rid of the minivan. I, I earned something. But, the, <laughs> um, but my, my point is that I, um, I, I realized that the only way to get back in the game was to deal with what I was fighting. Because that's the distraction. That's the gray area. That's the rainy clouds. That's if you if you're constantly waking up every day and oh, got to deal with the kids all day again today. Well, you have no focus. Right. I mean, you're you're never going to sit down and think about like, okay, um, I do got to deal with the kids today. We're going to do all this stuff, and then your mind starts freeing up, right? Like you just because you're you're starting to accept life. Life is. Just getting up every day and kind of going through it. And once you, there's part, parts of your brain that you can very easily block if you're yes. at odds with things. Yes. So you gotta, you actually genuinely have to embrace the whole. Mm-hmm. And once I embrace the whole, it, things just kind of look, my life is not perfect. And there are days I still have bad days. I mean, my kids make fun of me all the time for being the angry driver, but it's just like, you know, yeah, it's, it, life is still throws things at you, right. you know, from a parenting standpoint. But that was really the key was, I, I think, just kind of like accepting. First things first, accepting the choices I had made. And stop pretending like I didn't make those right, choices. Right, like owning them. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Own up, man. Like, stop pretending like you didn't, you didn't make those babies. Right. Like, stop pretending yeah, like you brought home up. the bottle of you wine. You didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yes. You could have turned on Netflix. You so did. many things. You hid the controller. Right. I've never stop. Got yeah. pretending like you never got married and had yeah. babies. And that's, yeah. like, that's also an important. It feels different in our bodies. And I think this is really what you're saying is what I'm hearing is that when we start to like push back or dig our heels in or get like just consumed by resentment or what we don't have, that it's almost like damming up the flow of, of creativity. And I don't just mean creativity in that sort of artistic, like making a movie. I also mean like creating our own lives, be, saying I can still be a creator in my own in, in my own life. It's not like on autopilot now and somebody else is steering the ship because I decided to have these kids. Well, the reality of it is you're not going to win. If you do I, that, yeah. If you fi- Go ahead and find it all you yes. want. I'm telling you right now. You are not going to win. And I, and I realized that. I was like, these kids, God bless them, but they're more resilient than me. Yeah. They're going they're to win. they're not going if anywhere. You want, if you want, to, you want the war, they're going to win the war yeah. one way or another. What right? You, saying yeah. that, what hits me is a moment that I had with Karen. We were in one of those moments. It's going back and forth. Something had happened where you know, some sort of bump in the road happened in our daily life and I, I got upset and I'm blah, 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 and it was, ex- it was just accelerating, you know, from a brush fire to full on forestry, helicopters flying over. And I was just so pissed. 
And Karen said to me, I'm not crying, everyone, just so you know. I know everyone's like, Joe's getting emotional. But one of the things that Karen said to me, and it was a game changer, she said, Joe, life is not meant to be perfect. And every, you know, Buddha Buddha talks about that. Like, you have to embrace, embrace that it's not perfect. And if you don't do that, then you're blocking all of the opportunities that can help so that when these things happen, and I, and that was such a game changer for me, but even learning that took so much time that even up until now with the 16 year old and the 13 year old and, oh, so, so-and-so just um, found out how to get into the Amazon and we just spent, uh, you know, 150 bucks on something that came to the house and, oh, great, where's that money coming from? That used to be a tail spinner. That would be a plane. That's like, dude, it is on for the next week with everyone in this house. And Brian, <laughs> you said something so true. I would bring on the battle. And what ended up happening was I would just, I would just push everyone away from me and, and, and they would win the battle because it was like, dad's, dad's lame. He's freaking out about something. And instead of addressing the issue of, Hey, we shouldn't be doing that. I asked you not to let's talk calmly about it. And, and then having them go, Hey, didn't know. And finding out also that I think I told you it was okay that you ordered that. And you're like, <laughs> no, I didn't. Dad, here's the text. Okay, I'm a moron. <laughs> that has happened in this household so many times. But the thing that you said and what Anaya is bringing up is that you embracing it and saying you're not going to win is so true. And also not looking at it like that anymore. Like I love your attitude of waking up in the morning and going, you know, you're so right. It's like you can't wake up in the morning and go, ah, I, these kids, this marriage. Okay, what kind of day do you think you're going to have? It's going to yeah. be a horrible day. Well, you know, it's funny. My own mother, I used her as a, as a good sounding board. I'm the youngest of seven kids. Come from a Catholic family, no farm. Not quite sure what we were no doing. Vasectomies. No vasectomies. Yeah, clearly no vasectomy, <laughs> right? And um, I love the honesty of, you know, my parents come from a different generation where they didn't really talk much. But it's funny, like, once you get married and have kids and they, they share. My mother's first thing she shared was, like, that she couldn't go to the bathroom after she had a kid. I was like, Mom, you know what? That's one of the stories. Yeah. We don't have to. <laughs> oh, when I had Brian, I couldn't go poop for, like, I'm like, you know what, Mom? <laughs> Not really quite sure why of all these years you kept all these secrets. That's where you want to start. You but okay. Start. Yeah, we can't <laughs> talk about the money that's hidden somewhere in the farmhouse. Yeah. Like, we got to talk about right, the right, bathroom. Right. You're going to, the things you couldn't do after you had a baby. Thank you, mother. Um, <laughs> things I don't want to think about or visualize. The, wow. um, um, but, but learning the other things, like my mom was like, you know, because I would call him like, how did you know? You seven. How did you do this? And it was two things she said to me that, that struck me that helped me in different ways. She said, you know, Brian, I don't know what else to tell you except that we loved having a family. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, I, I need more. She's like, what do you want me to tell you? It goes a long way. I, you're asking me a question. We had seven kids. We loved everything about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like I was yeah. hoping for something, but in the end it was very profound. The other thing, separate from that, she goes, well, you know, your father had uh, um, he had a, a huge anxiety attack and ended up in the hospital because it was life was too hard for him. And I was like, "Oh, there it is. Okay, good. I so so we're not alone. Okay, so he was completely strung out trying to raise seven kids and working, and he checked himself in the hospital because he was about to die. Okay, good. So I didn't know this, but now as a parent, you're willing to share these things that my my dad was going through because he was never going to tell me. Yes. Right? Yeah, they come from a different generation. Yeah. I was like, I got it. So it's like the, right it, there wow. it is. And, and again, he dealt with it and he figured it out. My dad is a great grandfather. He like loves everything about it, you know, about, you know, family. And so it's like all those little things that you kind of, if you're paying attention and if you stay in the game, you'll see it. You'll see all these little things. I just, because I'm a comedian, I cherry picked and started turning into something more, a little more ridiculous and found out that I could make a movie about it. And that was what, you know, I, I embraced that part of it and 
voila. So I actually did, accomplished something that I wanted to do when I first moved out there here we go. without a wife. That's and kids. why I you want, moved. Yeah, and I want to know. I want to know how that feels. Like how that yeah. feels. It's it's probably. It, it. I mean, it always does. Takes us way longer than we anticipated it would to meet, reach our goal, whatever that may be. Um, but now that you've done this, how how does that feel? You're like, on the other side. Well, I have I have a, a couple different perspectives, so forgive me for a couple things. I, I accomplished it a little bit later in life because I didn't move out here actually until I was in my early thirties. Like most people oh, that want to wow. get into want to move out here, they're like yeah. they're coming, you know, nineteen, eighteen, twenty yeah. four. Yeah, I was twenty three. Um, but one of the things that drove me, and I'll never forget this, I was a teenage kid, and my dad had just turned fifty, and I remember we were going for a walk, and my dad turns to me and he says, um, "And you know, when you're a teenager, fifty, you're like ancient." Yeah. Yes. You're an old man. Yeah, you're dead. You're gone. You're <laughs> dying right now. My dad said, um, you know what? I think I'm going to run home. And I was like, what? He's like, I'm going to start running. And I was like, no, dad, dad, dad. So, you know, I don't think you should do that. Like, you know, your perspective is like you're too old. Yes. You're going to hurt yourself. My dad ran for the next 15 years. He became a runner. And it was like, I learned something that wow. it's never too late. Like, if you just say, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is my life. And I'm moving in that direction. You can just do that. Like I love like it. The, he, yes. he taught me by just doing. I was like, oh, wait a minute. You don't have to make excuses. You can just go do something. Yes. So wow. that always had, had, had stuck with me. Um, the other thing, you know, as far as this movie goes that always drove me is I actually went to film school in Milwaukee. And I am not slamming Milwaukee's film school. It's an avant-garde film school. I'm glad I went there. I got kicked out. I got kicked out of film school. And I still have a letter from the film school telling me to go do something else in my life. This is clearly not my right choice in life. I still have that letter. Wow. And I looked, I remember after I made the movie, I looked at that letter and I was like, good for you for not giving up. Like yes. that was my own little mini pat on the back of like, people are going to tell you in your life, you know, you tried, yes. just go do something else. And as long as you don't drive yourself crazy, as long as you're not hurting anybody along the way, you should always continue to, ex I don't care how old you are, you should continue to at least try. If it really is still inside you, yes. chip away at it. Yeah. You just never know. I'm not saying you're always going to get there, but like w with my personal experience, I did get there. And it was because I just, I just opened up and like, stop being so angry about everything. Stop being bitter. Stop thinking I should have got it here instead of there. And it just, it kind of worked itself out. And look, here's the deal. If this is the last movie I ever make, I, which I hope it's not, I at least can look and go, I got there. I got there and I, I got there the way I guess I was supposed to get there. And that's okay with me. Brian. Thank Brilliant. You, and can, let's frame Inspiring. that letter. No, seriously, I would have that thing framed. That, yeah, wonderful, wonderful story. I cannot wait like for people to see this movie and for you to hear uh, the accolades and the appreciation. I am, I am sure that that's coming. The name of the film's Fixed. You can see it literally uh, probably as I'm speaking to you right now. Let it be your Valentine's Day uh, night, your date. You don't have to go out. You order in, tuck the kids into bed. If you don't have kids, you can put it on anytime you want. You can go to iTunes and check it out. You can go to Amazon Prime and check it out. Fixed, F-I-X-E-D. My good friend, Brian. And Anaya Bogue. And, no, we got to say his last name, bro. Oh, Irwin. Irwin, we're still on that? Yeah. Brian Irwin. I don't Brian know. Irwin. There's something wrong with my brain that I think I'm, I, I, I was just calling you Coach Brian for yes, so long. Yes, you were, long. and that's okay. Is that okay? I used to be called Coach Chris on a team that I coached Wait. for a long time, and I'm like, my name is not Chris, just so we know. <laughs> like, well, we got you a Chris t-shirt, and I was like- Oh, my gosh. And, they, and I said, well, I'm not Chris, so I don't need the shirt. And I gave it back to them, and they're like, yeah, but we got it for you. They threw it back at me, and I'm like, my name isn't Chris. You are forcing another name on me. I'm glad I'm this not is how, doing this that. This is how forgettable I am. So I'm, I'm defending you. 
Let's bottom. try that one more time. <laughs> hey, no, all kidding aside, though, Rad Parenting Community, check this film out and do us a favor. Um, you know, it's another independent person in here. We're all in this room together. Uh, the Rad Parenting Community needs to support this film. It's a fun movie, too. Uh, everything that I watch from it, like... I, it's a comedy. It's we should a be comedy. Clear. Yeah. It is yeah. a comedy, but it's not a silly comedy. No. It's a comedy, like you said, it's not slapstick. And I got to say, it, it's it's shot well. It's it's not one of these films you're like, it's, oh, my yeah, God, it was no, hard to sit through. Yeah. It's great. And you know what? It would mean so much... Uh, uh, to Brian and to the rad parenting uh, people here in this room, if, if the community could support it, because that's the only way that a film like this will get seen in front of people and spreading the word, you know, hit your Facebook. Hey, I just saw this film, hashtag fix. Hey, I just saw this. You know, maybe you send the link. That would be great because that would really stoke out Brian. And um, man, I'm inspired. I feel like I need to do I more today. I am too. I really, I really <laughs> do. I, I mean, you're, do you have your own podcast? I do. It's called Hollywood Anonymous. I used to do a uh, parenting podcast, but uh, it failed many, many moons ago. Again, way, way early in the podcasting days I did that. But Hollywood Anonymous is just me and uh, my friend who just recently got married but doesn't have any kids. So we we talk about all the years we've been out here and how much we haven't accomplished. We play that, <laughs> we play that angle. Because, you know, if we, the joke in that show is like there's so many great people that work in Hollywood yeah. that you don't see on TV. Mm-hmm. But you can actually have a great time living in Los Angeles if you, you know, if without being a star. Yeah. And I, that's kind of what that, and you know, you know that's kind of yeah. what that I podcast is. Definitely about. check that out as well. But I got to say, man, I, I appreciate your honesty, how transparent you were today. I can't wait to check out the entire film. It's going to be our Valentine's Day. At great our cast, house. by the way. I didn't really talk about them. Yeah, you want to run that it really is, quick? It is, it is a great cast uh, of people. Nelson Franklin, who just won a SAG award, he's on Veep and uh, uh, Blackish. Nice. Andy Como plays Alan the Lee. There's Courtney Hengler. Uh, Aaron Hayes is in it, Keisha Sharp, Leonard Roberts, uh, Alan Ruck, which most people remember either from Spin City or Cameron from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. He plays a great there's a he plays a great role in there. And my dear friend Mindy Sterling is also in it, who is Frau Verbissena in all the Austin Powers movies. She's great. I mean, so just just up and down is a great, great cast. And I let my kids have a small cameo in it. There you go. Nice. You and probably what? one of the most inappropriate scenes in the movie. Because you're a great dad, Brian. <laughs> awesome. Oh, there's you're a way sh- to shoot around it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. One of the, one of the best and Alonzo Mayo, by the way, who is a great director. You talking about the look? Yeah. That was his vision. He is an amazing. I'm so glad he found me. I really, really am. Hey, thanks to Camelot. And oh thanks yeah, to Camelot. Camelot. Cool. Shout out to, I'm like, not yeah. kidding about that. They, and they're in the movie. It's in the movie. <laughs> wow. I love it. Well, hey, you got your Valentine's Day Thank ahead you of you. Plan it out. Thank you so much, Brian, for being here. My name is Joe Sib with my co-host Anaya Bo. We'll see you all next time. Late. Late.